Hello and welcome back to the We Need Therapy podcast. On this week's episode, we are joined by the lovely Simone. Simone discusses ways that we can support employment for people with disabilities and how she's created a unique micro-business for her son, Brandon, who has autism. As always, please like, review and subscribe wherever you get good podcasts. Wait, is that, are we starting? Well, that was an attempt at starting. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't worked yet. And I was in this club on this pole. And, no. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get that. So Josh starts every week without telling me, like, no warning. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. And he's like, oh, are we starting? I'm like, fuck you. I've never done that to you. <laughs> Um, I'll, uh, I'll just be quiet. You guys yeah, just do it. Well, you know, I, I'm very excited for our guest today. Original. <laughs> That's his opening line for everything. <laughs> oh, and you know what? You, you fucking start today, all right? How did you guys meet? Who are we talking to? What are we talking about? Us. Us, Josh. You and me. Simone and Josh. Our audience don't know that you're here. Well, introduce me then, Josh. All right. So on today's episode, we have the incredible, beautiful, and very elo- eloquent... Mm, you're not eloquent at the moment. <laughs> mm, I'm eloquent. I'll pick up the slack. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Simone. Hi, Josh. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Simone. It's really lovely to meet you. Yeah, likewise. And you too, Josh. Well, we've met. Yeah. So how do we meet, Josh? So we, we go way back, don't we? Mm-hmm. Almost seven or eight years ago, actually. Yep. Used to work with your son, Brandon. Yes. Uh, as his OT. It wasn't a very good one, but... That's and you not a surprise to anyone. Off, you were just fresh out, so you didn't probably know what you were doing 100%. He's still the same now, okay. I can report. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. We, yeah. But I think one of the best things about what we do for work, Jordan, is the relationships that we can make with the people that we work with. And my relationship with Simone and her family is, is another example of that. I, I don't really see you as people I used to work with. I, I just see you guys as friends now. Mates, yeah, exactly. So you came to work with Brandon, who was autistic. Um, what would he have been, 16? He, I think he was just fresh out of high school. Yeah, so 16, 17. And um, Josh was the um, OT for Brandon. So he came out to our place every week and we were going, Josh, what do you do? Like, you know, what do you do with Brandon? Like, well, I didn't yeah, know anything about yeah. like OTs did. Mm. We still don't know. So if you yeah, can okay. enlighten us, Simone, so that we would be going, great. And Simone's going, right, I've got this guy for an hour. Let's give me respite. Let him Jeez, take Brandon. It sounds Let like a sex worker. <laughs> Back on the topic. Well. Anyway, I said, Josh, what do you want to do with him? And at that time, Brandon was overweight and he was not into um Well, he fitness. had just transitioned out of high school and he basically had no routine. No routine, yeah. We just – he came out of high school and now what? So – Brownie used to look forward to every whatever Thursday or Tuesday you working with um with him and then we went you went jogging. Oh my god, we did running. We we ran we ran laps of the neighborhood. Is that what OTs do? Running? Yeah, you'd think a physio would do it, but apparently not. He did running with him and what a exercises. Well Brandon's a very big boy. Yeah. So Jordan, have you met Brandon? Yes, mm. I did meet Brandon a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He helped me to move house, which sounds like a strange thing to say. Yes, yes. But he did because you guys have, you know, created a business for him. Yep. And yep. we mentioned it on the podcast and we can totally go into that. I was just wondering, Simone, can we take a step back? Yep. You mentioned that Brandon has autism. Yes. Would you be able to describe what that is? Sure. Brandon's now 25, but at the age of two diagnosed with autism, we are that family that just went, Okay, deal. Let's move on. Okay. So, you know, he had, we gave him private 
one-to-one therapy. Mm-hmm. You did about 35, 40 hours a week of that wow. from the age of two, three. And then kindy would start. You'd go to kindy, come home, another seven, eight hours, just one-on-one intensive therapy because you hear this thing called early intervention and mm-hmm. this is what early intervention was. So I would personally employ a therapist um, and I'd say, do you have a friend? Mainly uni students. Mm-hmm. Do you have a friend doing OT? So we had OTs, mm-hmm. physios, speech therapists, all coming in and out of our home. So our home has always been opened to strangers and, you know, then new family members. So Brandon, yeah, went through the school system in ed support, schools, trial and miss. Some schools work better than others. Any parents out there with special needs kids will, will understand this and empathise with this. But um, when he was getting towards the end of schooling, high schooling, we decided, right, he's not going to be a bludger and do nothing. He's got to contribute. So when he finished year, well, they did year 13. When he did year 13... Halfway through the year, the staff, the school, people in your ears going, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And I said, chill, no rush. There's no time limit, but he's going to do something. So let's give him a gap year. Everyone else gets a gap year. He can have a gap year. So he had gap year that went to gap six months because mm-hmm. every day he was going out having a ball, like, you know, going to play golf, going to the gym, going to the movies, going roller skating. And we just went, yeah, no, nah, this is not how it's going to work. So tell me about some of the things that he would do when he was back at home. So he had, you know, supports come in every day. Yeah, every day. Like, well, Josh, you were one of them, you know. They'd have supports in the afternoon, come home from school, have a bit of afternoon tea and then knock, knock on the door and a support would be there. So they would do things like, if it's not physical, when you, you did some physical work with him, they would take him to the shops. He used to love taking camera a camera everywhere he went. So we did photography. I'd give him a shopping list. He'd do shopping. At night time, he'd go to the gym with his dad and go swimming. Wow. The idea like was to just give him opportunity to be involved in our world because the autistic mind can be in their own world. Yeah. So bring them across. Great. You know? And then, so there'll be a lot of people listening that have heard of the word autism but may not exactly know what it is. Yep. And it's very different for different Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Can yep. you explain and describe how it is for Brandon? For, well, I believe I have autistic tendencies. There okay. are things that I like. At night time when I pack up for the night, my cushions have to be in the same order. I don't like my cushions on the floor. You want to call that OCD, you want to call it anything, you can call it autism. I believe we all have a bit of it in our routines, in our habits, in our behaviours, in our social feelings, our social reactions to things. And Brandon, you know, and if you look at it diagnostically, there's a whole big spectrum and anyone can fall anywhere between the spectrum. So in terms of the layman, you call it high-functioning, where they'll walk in your paths every day and you might not know they're autistic until something happens or something sparks or till they admit it. And then you have the low range, so the high support needs. Brandon would form in the category just above that where he does need a person, a support worker with him to help guide him, Mm -hmm. Um, guide his mental capacity of thinking, physical capacity of thinking and help him to be part of society. Right. 
That's it. And that's how – and the spectrum is, as you – everyone would know, it's huge. You've got the good doctor who's on TV, who's performing miracles and having babies, and then you've got, you know, someone who's sitting in the corner rocking forward and back with a head against the wall. So – Just on that, what is your thoughts on TV shows like The Good Doctor and mm. Love on the Spectrum? Because I, I have some thoughts about it. Yeah. We're not, we're not good doctor fans in my house. We just went, come on, like, come on, seriously. Yeah. And why is that? Because he's not he's a doctor. He's performing these major operations, but he can't look straight ahead. So, you know, it's just I just I think at many times people are here's the word cashing in on the autism label because it's I don't know in vogue or it's just quite a, a relevant topic and it's a very easy topic to manipulate according to how you want it to be so you'll have a you could be sitting next to a person at their desk at work and all of a sudden something happens and they'll go oh it's because I'm autistic you know and you just go really or is it just because you don't want to do it so it's once people it's a labeling thing people like the labels people don't like the labels but we're in a world where we have to deal with those labels and just coming back to things like Love on the Spectrum and The Good Doctor, I guess people would say that they're representations of people with autism in the media and things like that. Yeah. So, um, but you you don't tend to think that those examples are representative of the autistic community? It, not, not in reality. Okay. Not the people that I come across. Sure. And maybe you guys come across in your line of work. They're it's just a very... A very glorified, glamorous look I at autism. So. I mean, yeah. the good to- doctor, he yeah. actually doesn't even have autism, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. I-, I can't stand that show either. Yeah. I get very triggered. Yeah. Sure. Love on the Spectrum, it is an enjoyable watch. Yeah, exactly. But for me, I still don't really... It's like every time Channel 7 or the news comes on and coming up, a story on this person with autism, my mum will ring and go, pick up the phone, pick, quick, put the TV on. They're doing a show on autism about this little kid and he couldn't talk and now he's a speaker. And I'll just go, mum, that's just... And you watch it, but at the end of the day, you'd go, yeah, but that's a different type of autism or he, this kid's a little bit different, he's on the different part of the spectrum, he's aspergic, he's mm-hmm. whatever. So it's a hard definition and as years have gone by, it's become broader and broader and mm. broader. Absolutely. Would you like to see different representations of people with autism, um, you know, on our TVs, on the radio, absolutely. whatever it is? Okay. Abs- absolutely. And even in, well, you know, we've got to talk about the workforce, you know. Um, they say, oh, we, we um, encompass people with disabilities, but you have to be at this level for us to encompass you, not that level for mm. us to encompass you, you know, or engage with you or give you an opportunity. Right. And so that's, that's employers talking that, about people applying yeah, for jobs yeah, with they disabilities. Need to tick, they need to tick some boxes. Sure. That they have people of different backgrounds, ethnicity and um, disabilities, but even trying to get into that system is hard for a person with disabilities. Right. So you basically need to have a certain ability to be able to work there and they're not often willing to compromise on that's some it, of the other that, needs. Yeah, okay. that's the word compromise. Sure. I guess you've got some quite strong thoughts on this considering Brandon's background. Did you want to speak about his journey to employment? Yeah. So in that six months that I said to you, his first six months of his gap year, it was a matter of, you know, Brandon, you've got to get up every day and you've got to have purpose. You know, mum, dad, sisters, they go to school, uni, everybody has to have purpose in their life, you know, and it, 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 it could 
depend on what purpose, but it's got a purpose. So waking up every morning for him and going, right, what are you going to do today? Do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go to this? It became mm. hard for all well, of us. Even also keeping in mind Brandon's ability to communicate. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he used what we call pictures and, you know, writing on boards and all that sort of stuff. So then I said to my husband, Rob, and I, I said, listen, um, he's going to go to work. What work? We don't know. Let's discover. So the work discovery thing started. Took him to um, car washers and said, can you wash cars, you know? So, you know, back then in the old days, people used to have their car service and the car got washed. So it was trial and error. Remember there was also, was it dog walking or? No, dropping off the newspapers. Dropping off the newspapers. Yes. We um, did the local paper, sitting there getting him to fold the local paper and posting him and he'd come out, you know, covered in black ink, uh, run across the road, tick, that cross. Then he went to work for riding for the disabled to muck out the horses, you know, stables. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been to that yep. place in Claremont. In Claremont. Yeah, it's a really great Brandon one. was twice the size of the horse. Oh, there. Jesus Christ. So He's he a big to, boy, yeah, isn't he? he'd want to pet the horse and then eventually pull the tail and it wasn't long before <laughs> they would either get rid of him or the horse and something had happened to the horse. So, right. no, nope, we'd try that. So it was a trial and error. And, and why not? No time, no time constraint. Let's just try things. Then I remembered when he was at high school, they put him in the school office and there was a paper shredding machine there and he would just sit there and do it, shred this paper. And I went, I think you can do this shredding paper thing, Rob, you know, with the organisation that Brandon was working with, disability um, service provider, post-school. I said, do you have a shredder in the office? They said, yeah. I said, put him on it. And he would sit there for hours and shred and I went, Bada bang, bada boom. Why don't we do this? Went to Office Works, bought this small little shredding machine, brought it home, ran around to all the neighbours and friends, sat there. Wow. The rest is history. Well, I remember the genesis of that and yeah. how every week I'd see you and then it would just become bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger. Bigger and bigger and bigger. I remember bigger. you blew out that first shredding machine yeah, because you yeah. basically did it at 1am yeah. in the morning. Yeah, he'd come stop. and we're going, what's that light in the front room? Oh, it's Brandon shredding. Like, you know, he still does that. Don't get me wrong. We had a shredder up to about two weeks ago in the front room. Rob comes out yelling one morning and he goes, all my documents are gone. <gasps> oh, no. Uh-oh. This is your husband. Yeah. He shredded all the passwords. Oh, all. my God. <laughs> so so Brandon found the, the paper and just started shredding it's there. it. There's a shredder. Yeah, he's yeah. got his identity now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call him the shredding master. Wow. But, um, Simone, you were basically doing the equivalent of work experience for your son. Yes. So going around to different exactly. businesses and working out. Does he have the skills, capacity, yep. talent, drive, whatever, yeah. drive to you do You did that. a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Is there businesses out there that do that? Or did you literally just kind um, of have I to think do it yourself? There are many, and, and it wasn't from wanting him to work in the you know the provided industries like Good Samaritans and Active Industries and, and all those other service organizations, organizations that we typically think of when we think of people. We did try with our best, but there was you know for some reason you know brand needs one to one support. They couldn't offer it, and he was doing things like at the Good Sammies that just bore him to death. Mm. And at the end of the day, none of us want a job that's boring us to death because in particularly in Brown's case or a person with disabilities, when they get bored and they can't verbalise, then their behaviours are going to become more, you know, obvious. So we just made needed to make sure that he was doing something that he loved and could do independently. Mm. I, I didn't want to do it. 
Mm-hmm. I had my life. Had. <laughs> um, but I wanted him to do it independently. That's how this came about. And so as parents, I get phone calls, Jordan, every week from parents with kids in year 12 finishing off going, how do we do this? You know, and I said, and they're all rushed and I'm going, don't rush. Take a big deep breath. You've got plenty of time. Right. You know, you've got plenty of time. And when you say, how do we do this? Yeah. What What are you talking about? What so happened th- after that shredding kind of moment? With Brandon? Mm-hmm. Well, then I said, right, if this is something that he enjoys doing, I'm not pushing him. I'm not making him do it. We'll look at a business. So... Well, you had decked out the basically your whole garage had yeah, become yeah. When a gum tree bought a bought a big shredding machine. Well, you had you had run out of paper. We ran out of paper. You had nothing to part. shred for oh, him. Yes, yes. So I made up this flyer, and I call it the fabulous flyer because to this day we use the same flyer. Just basically saying, hey, you know, young autistic man here, give him a go. I'm sure you got paper, but it's also part of the environmental where we're into paper recycling and environmental. So we put this flyer out and Brown used to take the flyer literally to this day. We still go to letterboxes. We still do letterboxes, you know. We still take papers and the flyers and drop them in letterboxes and sit back and hope. Tell us the name of Brandon's business. It's called Brandon's Shredding Boxes. And the gist of it is, is we have these various size boxes that go into your home or office and you put your paper in there once a month, once every six weeks. We don't have contracts or anything. When it's filled, Brian will come, pick up your full box, give you your empty, bring back the full box to the factory we have now and shred the paper. Well, before you had the factory, it's, it's quite funny looking back, but this consumed your life. Every week uh, when I'd see yeah. you, it would just get bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We No cars in the garage, shredding machines in the garage. And there'd be times when we'd have so much paper and I'd go to my family, you, you guys, come here. No dinner till we shred these papers. So we'd all be in there. It's actually quite therapeutic shredding. I can I imagine it is. I don't know if you've ever is. done it. It's just put your iPad on the top and just push the papers in. So when you say papers, are you yeah. talking about like confidential documents? Absolutely. So bank statements, yeah. things that you might have like client name, date of birth or whatever. Pamphlets, you get sure. your letterboxes, okay. newspapers. If you actually were to think about the amount of stuff you take out of your letterbox on a daily basis – We'd be shredding that. But we concentrated on the confidential paperwork mm-hmm. because I suppose that the novelty of it all is Brandon can't read and talk. So it's in good hands, all right. that confidential paperwork. Those trade secrets, they're going to stay there. in good hands, exactly. And what happens to the paper all right. after it's shredded? Yeah, so we um, right now all the paper that we shred, we take to a paper recycling plant. Unfortunately, there is nowhere in Australia – where paper is made and recycled and repurposed. I mean, we're talking big industries. So it's all sent over Indonesia, I think, China in huge, big containers. Well, you started off, your garage became full of big black bags of Mm -hmm. paper Mm -hmm. and you had the idea of, oh, you know, let's turn this into paper mache. Right. So that's what we did. We thought, all right, bit of IT. Here we go, boys. IT work here. What is IT? That's what I'm trying to work out. Let's just use our hands and, you know, make paper mache. Sensory experience. Sensory experience and all that. Throw some handwriting in there. Yep. We used to do it nonstop. I I loved it. It was my little bit of ghost movie, Patrick Swayze (laughs) moulding my Did you have one of those moments? Yeah. 
not yet, still waiting. <laughs> That's where I came behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's what two twenty an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we sold it. We sold the little paper mache creations, and we made, actually our speciality was seed pods. Mm, so we right. put the little plant marigold, whatever seeds, into the pods, and you make the paper mache. Then you bury it, and of course the paper is also the compost, and you pretty plants. But it got to the point that we got so busy that we did not have the time anymore to make the paper mache. It yep. just got over. The, yeah, and, and so in your family, there's Brandon. There's also yeah, I got Sophie. Brandon's twenty five. Sophie's twenty three. Kate's just turned eighteen. Kill me now. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, three kids. And this ended up becoming not just a thing that you and Brandon did. No, it's a, it's consumed all of us. Well, you actually tell us about your history. You yeah. used to work in. Yeah, I used to. In my previous life, I was a high school teacher. Then I went to did a lot of retail stints, and my last gig, and then I had a my own fashion label. And wow, then, can yeah, you tell us about that? I used to do um, ladies' resort wear, caftans. Wow. And then, how did you get into that? Um, I used to go to Bali and be on holidays and want to look fabulous. Right. So I imported it all from India and I used to do that sort of a party plan thing. And then I, a very good friend of mine, Ben Conroy, is a fashion stylist, visual merchandiser. And I ended up working with him for um, Westfield and vicinity. We were doing the styling and the visual merchandising and all that. So, yeah, a bit of fabulosity thrown in there as well. And a bit of business um, evolution. Of, yeah. you've, and you, you're familiar with creating exactly. hobbies and turning them into businesses. And I think that um, whole um, having my own label as well was my introduction into marketing and, mm. you know, no qualifications as such, but I'm just, you know, I learn as I go. Yeah, exactly. I often say Ben and Grassroots. I would have, yeah, when Ben and I sort of, at events and things, you know, mixing with the who's who, we're just going, how the, did we get here? Like, mm. how did this happen? And it happens because it's leading somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's meant to happen. Simone, are there other families that have actually done what you've done with Brandon and um, the business? There are a few out there. There's another family that actually their boy was a couple of years older than Brandon and they do paper recycling, but they do newspapers and mm. they make, um, you know, Courtney's creations. So they make things out of rolling papers and rolling, you know, newspapers to make designs and artwork. Many people have rung me, mm-hmm. again, on a weekly basis and say, I want to start a micro enterprise because with the NDIS, this whole customised employment micro enterprise system came into fruition and... They were pushing it. Brandon was actually the spokesperson. Well, Simone was the spokesperson. Brandon was the the, face. Know, the face. And his story, our story, has been all around Australia. Wow. Basically, the NDIS said, this is what we're going to give you funding, but how about trying to reuse that funding to create employment or a business model as such? Mm. And so the people I've spoken to, there are lots of families in Perth that are already doing this. Mm. Lots of families have started their own micro-enterprises, a young girl that just floral creations. Mm-hmm. Another young man, he does make soap powders and things like that for the wash or biodegradable stuff. But the one thing I always say is you've got to give this 101 support. It's not simple. It's not easy to reciprocate what we did. It took away all the other elements of my family life and my life and I have to give 100% commitment to it. But the most important thing is your son, daughter, client, whatever, has to love doing it. 
Because there's no point if, oh, he's going to make dog biscuits, but you're the one in the kitchen making the dog biscuits and yep. he's on his iPad in the other mm. room. What is the purpose of that? You know, yeah. so that's the most important thing I tell people. But I always say there is so much out there, mm-hmm. opportunities, just grab it. So let's talk about transitioning from just being a hobby, a business that Brandon's doing by himself at home in your garage into you've got a warehouse that you call the bunker. Yeah, yeah. So Brandon, um, we received a grant from the AMP, applied for this grant. I'm really bad that I can't remember the name of it, Young Young Award or something like that. And that gave us the funding to um, move into a factory. We had to. We had no space in the garage. So we moved into a factory located in Coburn Central, two steps from where we live, and we opened this massive big factory. I've got the best office on the planet. I love my office. It's pretty cool. My chair spins in 360. It's great. So we had this big space. We had the shredding, a couple of shredding machines, and I just went, well, hold a sec. Brandon's out during the day doing these box swaps. I'm in here by myself. I'm bored. I like to talk to people. Let's give other people an opportunity. So I remember when Brandon was at high school doing work experience. It's really hard to find work experience for people with disability, kids with disabilities. So my husband Rob and I said, let's just give this a go. Let's just offer it to a couple of like Brandon's ex-high school, which is around the corner. Say, we've got some shredding machines. Bring your students, come and do work placement. So as a result, we have a few schools who come once a week with their students, all one-to-one supported. And they come and do work experience, work placement, I think they call it now, where they do shredding and learning the system and how to operate the machine and um, clean and wipe the boxes, etc. But then I also wanted to create something special for other people like I did for my son. So I opened up a program called Community Recycling Program where individuals, people with disabilities, have to have one-to-one support because we were dealing with machines. They come into the factory, they have a two-hour block in which they can stay, they shred paper, that's number one, have to be able to shred the paper, otherwise there's no purpose. But I also set up a juice bar and I set up a sandwich bar. I'm a feeder. So they come, they eat, they bring their support workers and it's amazing. It's great social networking for other support workers. Sometimes to this day, we've actually all become friends, you know. They all look forward to seeing if it's a birthday party. Last Tuesday was pancakes. This week it's going to be curry puffs. I feed them. We have fun. Actually, if you ever walked in on a Tuesday, you'll see on the tables and chairs all the clients, all the support workers are doing the shredding. Right. So they've trained them really well, but they love it, you know. So it's a great social event for them, great to talk to each other. And they're working. They all have their own T-shirts that says Brandon Shredding Crew on it. Yeah, and And, and having been there a few times on that Tuesday, there's probably about, what, four to six different yeah. participants working yes. there. And they each, so up to 12 people, we've got six machines. I mean, sometimes I just come by for the free coffee and free feed. Free coffee and feed. But it really is, you've turned it into a really amazing, beautiful community Yeah, of it's great, great. And they're all, you know, with purpose. They they know they have to get up in the morning, go to work, and they work. And, and being the ex-school teacher, I'll go, oi, you're slack, you're not doing anything, get back, get back to the machine, you know, so. That's an incredible community that you've created. And I know a lot of families that would kind of have those thoughts. But then to to actually follow through and do it is incredible. 
what was some of the things in your mind when you were creating this world for Brandon? You've got the shredding boxes, you've got the kind of social aspect, you know, you mentioned a juice bar and all of this. I guess, um, what were your drives for wanting to do this for him and for his community? At the end of the day, I just wanted, you know, I'm still spring chicken, but at some point um, we'll be, my mother would say, dead and gone, that I just wanted something that belonged to him mm. and he could, you know, create some. If, if we were from a very wealthy family background, yes, they didn't have my children would inherit the business or whatever. So in this sort of sense, I wanted to create something for him that becomes his legacy and the more you see other people around in the same boat, I just went, oh, we've got to, we've got to do this better. Mm. We've got to make this better. Absolutely. And, and right now I've sort of been speaking to people in you know, the corporate sector in regards to offering people with disabilities um, opportunities and work. Because at the end of the day... We shred for more than 400 businesses around Western Australia. Wow. Oh, I, no, I'd say Perth. We go all the way from Joondalup down to Mandra. Sure. And we tackle a whole bunch of different areas. We're talking home offices, steelworks. We have the medical profession. Thera- we do many therapy studios mm-hmm. and places. Um, you fantastic. name it, you name it, we, we cover that market. And there's another business as well, and that's the one that I engaged with a few weeks ago. So you've not only got the shredding boxes, but you've got the moving boxes. Yes. So this happened. My mum and dad moved house about a year and a half ago, and it was horrific. We had to go, you know, Bunnings, get the boxes, the boxes fall apart, then you're stuck with all this cardboard. If you look on Facebook, free cardboard boxes, free cardboard boxes. And I went, all right, there must be another option. So I went, we have boxes. Brandon loves to drive. If I said to him this afternoon, mate, get in the car, we're going to Kalgoorlie, he'll be wrapped. So I said to Rob, well, this is also, because we're very big on the recycling, reusing, sustainability concept as well. So you, Jordan, you moved home. We sent the boxes to you. You do what you need to do. We're not moving for you. You do your own moving. When it's done, we pick up your boxes. Boxes come back to the factory. They're clean, sanitised, and they're ready for the next people to use. So, And they're quite a unique design because when we think boxes, I think a lot of people will be thinking, okay, big cardboard boxes. Yeah. But these are kind of industrial grade plastic stackable yeah. boxes yeah. with kind of bifolding lids which yeah. really encapsulate everything to make it nice and neat and tight. Yeah. And they stack up together like in a way that is it's yep. quite fascinating. And when I had the moving boxes at my house, they're huge. That one was like crates. Yeah. I had a lot of people go, oh, what's that? And because it, it look, it looks quite different. And I, and I kind of showed people a few times. I said, look at this. Look how they fit into one another. Look how it stacks. Yeah. It was just a really cool, nifty design. Yeah. So who came up with that design? Actually, shh, don't tell anyone. It was Rob. My, my husband came up with the design. After COVID, he was made redundant and we said, let's start up this in this part of the business. He started up and then he goes and gets a real job. I mean, another job and um, left it with me. So I've just, all I had the chance to do was do this whiz bang website and it's just sitting there. It's just on my to-do list, but it's just now I'm going to start to do the marketing again. Mm. And there's only so much I can do. Like, you know, I'm running the brown and shredding boxes, doing all the admin for that and the community recycling programs and et cetera. I've got a website going. I just need a push to work on the moving boxes. Well, it's exhausting for you. Like your week is not like a normal week of no, work. You no. you don't stop. No. And how do you manage this? Well, well, long term, how are you going to keep 
doing yeah. this. And I've got my new side, my new side hustle now, pottery as well. <laughs> Started my pottery. Um, it's love. It's love. You do it for your love. You love. I love the people I'm with. I love the family I have. I love being busy. It's just my character, you know. I love cooking. I love helping others. I love making people feel comfortable. And and if that's what gets me going every day, then I don't think that's going to dry out. Mm-hmm. I might burn out. I'm in a holiday every now and then, but love's going to keep me going. Now, Jordan, as one of the first customers of Brandon's Moving Boxes, what were some of the, the positives of using that service? Well, I, you know, I had the same experience as you, Simone, when I was thinking about how I was going to move from A to B. So, I mean, I didn't move far, probably about 20 kilometres, but, you know, it's a lot of work and, I, and it's just one person. So I was doing all the moving kind of by myself and I had a friend help me uh, on the on the last day for the big stuff. But I did look through the Bunnings website and saw that there was about 570 to to buy a box. And then I thought, fuck, what am I going to do with it at the end? And then I just kind of thought, well, actually I had a conversation with you and that's what exposed yeah. me to the business. I like the way that they just drop the boxes off at your, you know, the house you're moving from. You do the moving and they pick them up from the house that you've just moved to. So it's, I don't know, that, that concept is quite neat to me. And you mentioned it was actually having that end point as well. Oh, yes, that's right. So one of the things that um, the business is about is you get seven days as standard to have you know, the boxes in your ownership. And then at the end of the seven days, they're collected and that's arranged by the family. And I think I said to you, Josh, it was really good because often when you move, you have stuff in boxes for days, weeks, months, years. years. Like it's just insane because you kind of have that one room where you put all the boxes that you can't really be fucked mm. unwrapping mm. Or, or unboxing. And they stay and there. they stay there. And then they actually stay there until the next time that you move mm. out, which is years later. Yeah. And I, with the you know, these temporary plastic boxes where they have to be picked up. You really have to unpack. It forces you to do that. And I said to you, it's it quite good to have that, you know, finite end date. Mm. So I found that during that week when I was moving, every time you moved a box into your new space, you're unpacking it straight away just so that you were ready for, you know, when they were collected. So I really liked that. And Simone, tell us about the, the moving boxes. So how do we access you? What's the cost involved? All right, so if you go to the website, www.brandonsmovingboxes.com.au, um, there's just a self-easy process to fill it out, you know, and pay and everything. So if Jordan only wanted it for a week, if you want it for two weeks, you can have them for two weeks, etc. It also comes with a trolley to help you move the boxes yourself, wrapping paper, like a, big like crate. Like a dolly? Yeah, a dolly. Oh, okay. A dolly. That. The wrapping paper is really good because when you're doing paper. glassware, you get yeah. like big sheets of wrapping butcher's paper. Yes. So you can yes. roll up your wine glasses or water glasses or whatever. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And then they, you also get a shredding box. And I give them a shredding box so they can clean out their office and put all their paper That's actually in. a really great See? idea. I used it. I didn't See? think I was going to. Yeah. It was full when I handed it back. Yeah. Yeah. You just accumulate so, so much crap. Yeah. Mm, and like having moved out, what, three or four times in the last few years, that last week... Yeah. Your recycling bin is just full of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And often you do slide things in there that are confidential and you think, yeah. oh, God, I hope no one reads this. Yeah. So it was nice. It was nice to have that, yeah, that, that, that whole thing. And they come in 
like it's preset online so you can get 30, 60 or 90. Yes, depending on how, how big a house or home or office you have. So a few people have used it when they moved office as well, you know, from one space to another. Yeah, I just got to I just got to get onto the marketing and get onto people and hopefully this avenue will get some people thinking about it. Just a very economical, pain-free, effort-free, cheaper option of moving and you know and sustainability as well boxes are reused again so that's that's the general gist behind it and once again you're giving an opportunity for people with disabilities to be employed and that's what this is about and that's why even with brand and shredding boxes giving people opportunity to lots of people in their industry for example some of our doctors we have a plastic surgeon on our records which i will use later um, and and discount. Give us discount. Discount. Anyway, so in their environment, in their workspace, they, they had there's no opportunity for a person with a disability to work. Fair is fair, right? Call a spade a spade. But they employ Brandon and it's done out of house, but they are still employing a person with disabilities to do their paper shredding. Yeah. And that's what we find in a lot of our industries. They'll say, oh, Brandon swaps a box of mine, can we take a photo, you know, to put on our social media pages and I'll go, yeah, just give me a copy of the photo because they, they're also showing, well, in our environment we don't have opportunities, physical opportunities, but we can create an opportunity and we're now we're employing Brandon who is also has other people with disabilities working for him. And let's talk about that idea more because a few weeks ago you and I were having coffee and talking about this and yeah. how there's just so much barriers from yeah. a, a corporate level or organisational level about employing people with disabilities. Yeah. What would you say to people that would be like, oh, it doesn't really fit with our structure. It's too hard. Create it. Create it. I created it. I created a job for my son. And I, I, I was speaking to some people a few weeks ago about this. They were trying to bring this to the surface and ways in which they can go out to the workforce to try and promote employing people with disabilities. I said, at 10 o'clock, you guys look around for your coffee run. Who does your coffee run? Oh, one of the people go down to, you know diamond and do an order for all of us well there's a job i said there's a job right there give your coffee order you know one there's two there's three cafe da, da, da. get that person to go down there there's two ways of thinking about this guys some people think and i know very very close friends of mine in this scenario in this same boat they don't want to be paid nothing to do work with brandon the money is not the problem it's the benefits he gets out of working, engaging the community, having purpose, have a constructive day that ticks every box that's worthless, you know. So get someone to do a coffee run and that person gets to be in the community, gets to have a purpose, they have a job to do, engaging all those skills you teach them through therapy, money handling skills, responsibility, communication. But that's a, a small part of the officer's day, but a big part for that individual's day. You've got to think beyond the box. And I think with NDIS, we've got that opportunity now, Absolutely. right? Yeah, people like Brandon or other people with disabilities, they get support workers, yep. you know, day in, day out, going out into the community. Yep. When a workplace or an organisation wants to hire that person with a disability, yep. 
that support worker can come with them and do jobs Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, do it off site. Do it off, you know, off campus, off site, at home. Hybrid working is a way to go. You know, so yeah, there are opportunities. You just have to think. You know, this job can be done. The mail run. You know, something like that. Courier work. Cool. And I love that idea about bringing people with disabilities into spaces that we often haven't seen them before. Yep. Like you said, medical yeah. environments. You know, working medical yeah. environments is not somewhere where you'd think someone with autism, you know, would would be would be working. But it's just it's a new way of thinking about yep. the world. And I just think it's it's quite incredible that you're able to you conceptualise that. that. It just makes you, I, in the last few years of doing this with Brown, I can't believe how wonderful the people of Perth are. They just are so opened to the opportunity to support. You know, I get these people saying, you know what, Simone, we've had this big corporate agency doing our shredding for years and years and years. But why don't we do it, A, locally, community-based, and also give other people a go? Like, you know, supporting, because I say not just supporting Brandon, you're supporting a whole community of people with disabilities, you know? Mm. And it's not just... You're getting your job done, but you are getting benefits more than, you know, you can outweigh. People, Brandon will go into so many of his office spaces. He goes every month. And I often say uh, when people first sign up, all right, just need to do some disclosures here. Six foot three, 120 kilo man will enter your office and will make a beeline for your lolly jar. So they so they know what to expect. I go in there and there's a lolly jar that says Brandon's lollies. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the community are that is incredible. It. You know, they had the, so I've been with them a couple of times when the support work has been around. I've got Brandon, slow down. And he, there'll be a big meeting. They'll be sitting around the round table having a meeting in the fridges in the background. And Brandon's just gone in and they go, No, that's fine. He does it all the time. <laughs> and I've just gone, Okay, fine. <laughs> Fine, Brandon, give me a beer. You know? <laughs> so it just gives you faith in the community that we have that are just so open. They've never experienced it, but once they experience it, they're open to it. Yeah, as you were talking, I'm thinking, I think a lot of people in the community, they want to interact with people with disabilities. They want to, you know, to help or support, however you want to word it, but they just don't really know how to do it. I think unless you have someone with a disability in your family or your social circle, yeah, it's almost like, you know, it's like an adult without kids trying to talk to a young person. Exactly. You know what you want to do, but you just haven't got the skills yeah. to communicate with them yeah. in a meaningful way. Yeah. And it's almost like this micro business that you've created is the catalyst to allow that to happen. Yeah. 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 And I think going back to what we were talking earlier, as a society, I think people are curious about people with disabilities now. I mean, we've talked about the shows and, yeah. you know, we have our thoughts, but that appetite is there to learn what it's like to be around people with disabilities yeah. and the business that you've created with Brandon is an amazing way to demonstrate that and to immerse disabilities into mainstream populations. Yeah. I believe he's a teacher. He's a teacher. He goes out there every day into different environments and he's teaching the people. Don't get me wrong, he's not in a good mood sometimes when he goes in. He's loud and they're, um, they're, they're like taken back sometimes but they go, cool, that's who he is, that's what it is, that's that's an example of someone with a disability, you know, and it's a learning curve for them as well. So, 
Yeah, and I say to any of them, pop in any time, pop into the bunker and see us in action. Mm. You know, see that your paper that you are giving us that's just a, a small drop in the ocean for you, it's giving such an important benefit to the people sitting around putting that paper through that machine. Yeah, and speaking of the bunker, am I correct in saying it's the largest employer of people with disabilities in well, the small business, sorry? I don't employ people. Um, I'm not big enough to do that. That's our goal. We'd love to have a bunker North, we are in our south of the river, but in north of the river, as you boys would know, in the in the in the disability sector, there are many activities that that offer dance classes, music classes, this this this. We offer a chance for people to come in and be part of our shredding community, and we limited the number of people we have because. Don't get me wrong, I've had lots of people with disabilities come in and out of my door and it hasn't been for them. No different to me going to a job and it not being for me, right? And it's not being for you because of the environment, you know, shredding machines can be a bit loud and and people with disabilities have all different icks and things that they like and don't like. So we'll work that out. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it does work, it works really well. Yeah. And and going on as a parent with a child with a disability, how often do we hear, Jordan, in our work, participants have support workers and support workers just not knowing what to do throughout the week? Yeah. You know, that community yeah. access, yeah. it's like, we'll go to the shops. Oh, and then what do you want to do today? What do you want? I know. And if someone asked me every morning what I want I to do, I wouldn't be able to fucking and answer it. Well, that's the reason why I started this because I was, you know, back when you finished school having those six months, I had to come up with an idea every day and I'd go, and it costs money. Right? So, no, 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 no. We can't be doing that. There's so many support workers, especially the EAs at the schools, they're jumping with their hands up. I want to go to brand trading boxes. I want to go to brand trading boxes, you know, because they know the beautiful environment that we have there. And they don't want to, once again, there are two types of support workers. The ones that are just happy walking around shopping centres, pushing around their clients driving around to the park and then the other ones who want to make a difference to the day of the lives of their client, you know. So mm. in this sense, we offer that to yep. them. Now, Simone, just a, a final question to finish up and keeping in mind the primary audience of the people listening to this are health professionals here in WA. Mm-hmm. What is a take-home message that you'd love for them to know about your experience going through all this? The most important thing is don't exclude options. Don't exclude options. Don't say, you know, I remember when Branner was young and they said, Simone, he he can't be toilet trained till he's at least seven years old, you know, autism, blah, blah, blah. I did it three. I did it day and night. And I've always gone, if it can't be done, I'm going to prove it wrong. Not not necessarily prove it wrong or give it a good shot. So I just need the health professionals to know that you've got to think beyond the square. You've got to think... If this was my kid, what would I want done? And there must be a better way to do this. Mm. Just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. So I just need them to think if me, you know, a housewife in North Lake can come up with something like this without a business degree or a commerce degree or anything like this, a marketing degree, if I can come up with something as simple as this and benefit other people, Imagine your capabilities, what you can achieve and how you can achieve it for Mm. the greater good. It's a really interesting point. I think, I don't know if you get this a lot of the time, Josh, when people say, you know, you say I'm a therapist for kids with disabilities and they say, oh, that must be so rewarding. That must be so valuable. And it is. But I think my answer to that is often 
I don't understand why more people don't do it. This is something that everyone can access, being caring for other people. And, and working in a field like this is, it, it is very rewarding, but it's also not unattainable for all those people kind of looking in. And I think, as I said before, you've managed to bring, you know, the general population in and, and allow them ways to interact and support people with disabilities. So I, I'm, I'm pretty much in awe of everything that you've, you know, you've achieved over the last five years, Simone. It's amazing. Yeah. So I just... There's more of me around. I mean, no, there's not really more of me around. There could be <laughs> more that's of me concerning. around. <laughs> there could be more like mums and dads and families like me, you know, that I support I support all my children. So this is – Brandon's just my other – you know, my oldest. I just support him just as much. I just want to give him the best of opportunities that I can provide him with. And he's, you know, he's a little bit famous now everywhere he goes. Oh, I know Brandon, you know, so – but he's still the the spunky Brandon, the non the nonverbal, big six foot three giant who just and I've always said this, Josh, you've heard me. If my son goes to bed at night with a smile and wakes up with a smile, I've done a good job. It's beautiful, very beautiful. Now, Simone, where do we find you? How how do we support this movement? Well, okay, right here, guys. Everyone's got paper. Paper's coming out of everywhere. Simone, we're, we're young we're, adults in twenty twenty three. We don't know what paper you is. You still will have paper in your letterboxes. Oh, you, you wanted us to write something down. Write sorry. something down for once. Wrapping paper when you get your gifts. Any form of paper. Look, just let it know that we're in a world of tale that we've got to look after our environment. We need your paper to be recycled the whole idea of people's information being stolen and, you know, all the issues we see with that. Yesterday I was watching a documentary on TV on Donald Trump and he's got all his paperwork kept in these big archive boxes in the back and Rob goes, Donald Trump needs to get Brandon shredding boxes on board, you mm. know, because he's got all his archive private information. Well, they're, they're not his information. It's owned well, by that, the that, federal that, US government, exactly, I think we know now. Exactly, And I just went, yeah, that shit should be shredded. Um, so Can you imagine that? Just about to sign a bill on the presidential desk and then yeah, straight yeah. in the shredder. Yep, and I'm sure we have shredded some dodgy stuff from some ministers as well. And we go, oh, I'm sure I shredded his paper. Listen, oh, okay. guys, you need that all their confidential information shredded. Even if it's not confidential, your paper needs to be recycled. So an opportunity that you're providing support for people with disabilities. And so where you, do we find you? Yeah, so we're at, well, you can just Google www.brannonsshreddingboxes.com.au. You're on Facebook as well, Facebook, Instagram. I love my Facebook, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and email me. You'll find our van driving around Perth all the time. Yeah, we'll put all this information in the yeah. show notes as well. And, and when you decide to move house like Jordan did, think of the environment, think of the money, time and effort you save, and use Brandon's for the moving boxes as well. Same deal. Wonderful. Well, Simone, thank you so much for coming oh, back no, onto the show. It's so exciting. Excited to be here. Yeah, um, I sound nice on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's Shredding Boxes. Hit it up.